the VCA Voice podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marie Curl. Our goal with the VCA Voice is to showcase how VCA Animal Hospitals is taking care of the future of veterinary medicine. We'll bring our purpose to life through meaningful conversations about care, our culture, and the communities we serve. On today's episode, I'm happy to welcome Lori Nimsgern. Lori is a Senior Regional Vice President of the Heartland Group in VCA. Hi, Lori. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, it's always wonderful to speak with you. And uh, I want to jump right in with some questions for you. And so why don't you tell me a little bit about your story and your journey in veterinary medicine and with VCA? I actually started as a receptionist, and then I became the hospital manager at a privately owned business that had three locations. I worked there for 10 years and learned quite a bit. Uh, Back then, I did things like filled medications, took patient history, helped restrain nice pets. Um, Mm -hmm. And then pet practice, purchased the hospital I worked at. I was fortunate enough to move to a regional position focusing on acquisitions and special projects. About a year after that, VSA purchased pet practice Hmm. And I was given the role of a district manager, which eventually became a a regional operations director. So I worked with both general practices and specialty hospitals. Eventually, I moved to specialty ER hybrid only. So I was promoted to a regional vice president and oversaw two regional operations directors while I did specialty. And then four years ago, I became a senior RVP. So I've had actually about 37 years in the industry. <laughs> yep, I knew it had been it had been a long time, and that's wonderful to have such a rich tenure in veterinary medicine. Our experience working together is that I started as a regional medical director in Central and then actually became a regional operations director under you in Heartland and you know, really before I joined VCA, I had very little knowledge of business operations, which I think is probably still true. <laughs> and I would like for you, if you can, to give me an overview of what business operations encompasses in any business in general and how that applies to VCA. Well, you did learn operations quickly, so, <laughs> so be kind to yourself. Uh, you, you know, operations can be applied to almost any type of business in, in terms of it involves strategic planning, understanding finances, how to market your services, client service, and certainly staffing and HR. Specifically in VCA, in a field position, it's really learning the differences of every hospital and how to use that operational knowledge in a way that can best impact each unique hospital. So, for instance, you might see that finances are in great shape, but perhaps there needs to be a focus on interpersonal issues, but another hospital might have the reverse. Mm, That's a really good point. What are the steps involved in learning about operations? Is it formal training or is it really on-the-job training? It's a combination of the two. Somebody doesn't have to have any formal training for the position, although personally, I gained a very strong foundation having a, a formal education in both business management and finance. A great deal of learning definitely takes place on the job. Uh, The education never ends. There's always something new, new resources that were given or new challenges you have to figure out how to overcome. 
So in your current role as Senior Regional Vice President, you've hired and trained a number of regional operations directors. And I'd, I'd like to spend a little bit of time talking about that role. But I'm also wondering what kind of attributes you look for when considering hiring for that role. Attributes, you need some multi-site management. You have to not mind travel, even hopefully enjoy it somewhat. Multi-site is so important because it was surprising how different it was going from working at one place to suddenly having quite a few. Uh, You have to be able to work odd times uh, of the day, um, especially if you have specialty in 24-hour hospitals. I would say that you also need to be organized, Mm -hmm. be able to prioritize where and how you spend your time. Follow-up is really critical, too, because if there's multiple things going on with multiple hospitals, it's easy to forget something. And then probably the biggest attribute is the ability to form relationships. Yeah, incredibly, incredibly important. So is there an ideal number of sites that can be managed or does it depend upon the complexity and the type of hospital it is? I don't think anyone has figured out the the right number. Uh-huh. You hit it head on. It, it depends a lot on where are they located. Do you have to travel to multiple states or are they all within a short distance of each other? It depends on the size and how many associates there are. Having specialty throws a whole nother obstacle in there about how many you can actually deal with. It depends on whether you've been in the position a long time and you have really good relationships or if you're still building them. The more relationship building you have to do, the more time you really need to spend at the hospital. And I found that the time I spend even depends a lot on the leadership in the hospital. A good experience team makes our life much, much easier. So how important is it to have some knowledge of veterinary medicine before taking on a multi-site management role versus no knowledge of veterinary medicine? I would say it's all right not to have it when you first start as long as you're willing to put the time and effort to learn it. I really think anybody would be hampered in this position without a strong working knowledge of veterinary medicine. It's really hard to give guidance to people if you don't understand what they do. You know, I found that our associates are always happy to explain and answer any question. So it is really easy to learn just by asking questions. Uh, But they're going to believe you more and trust you more when you guide them if they believe that you know what they're all about and what they do. Yeah, that's absolutely true. What about having a partnership between medical operations and business operations and field management to make sure that we're delivering quality care? Well, it's absolutely critical to have both and to have a good relationship. It could get complicated at times because there is overlap between the two and and we both want to support one another without stepping on each other's toes. Mm Mm-hmm. So there really has to be a lot of trust. There has to be a commitment that you're going to back each other and support the goals. Communication is important, letting everybody know what's going on in the hospital so you can do that support. You also have to be okay with knowing your role, knowing the boundaries and telling a hospital, why don't you talk to your rod about that? Or let me involve the regional medical director or the regional tech director to help you because they're, they're the best qualified to help you. Um, As you probably know, we can be a pretty territorial group, um, which I think helps make us successful. But but that's where that, that trust really comes to play.
As a field management team, talk to me a little bit about, let's say there's a new initiative or project being worked on between medical and business operations. How do you come to agreement on something that may be controversial before it goes out to the hospital level? There's a, a couple things we look at. First, we always do have to put the patient first. So mm-hmm. I think it, it gets more difficult with operations if we know it's going to be costly, even without a return on an investment, but it's the right thing to do for the patient. And so if, if it's about the patient, that's going to come first. And and we all really want that. So we accept the, the financial aspect. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a regional medical director may not think, though, of the financial consequences of something. And I find if you sit down and talk about it and and just help them understand, you could come to some type of compromise. Yeah. Now, if I reflect back on joining as a regional medical director and never having had a position that business management was a part of as well, I feel like I learned a tremendous amount of how to partner in that because I wanted to make sure that our hospitals were all successful and that we were sustainable over time, as well as making sure that we had the best quality care for our patients. Well, I've seen that valuable even in the position you have now because you you talk about how it'll affect the hospitals or hit the hospitals. I'm not sure that was always considered as much in in the past. So I think it I think it's phenomenal that you do both. Well, it, it's uh, we have to have a great partnership working together uh, between medical operations and and business operations, and it's an exciting time at VCA to make sure that we're all aligned. On, and I love your point about making sure that what we were doing was what was best for the patient. That's been one of my greatest experiences working for VCA is having those conversations and knowing that that's the focus that we go back to and that really permeates all of our organization. And it's one of the reasons that I've stayed within VCA and have really come to love VCA as a place to be. So what are some of the main differences since since you have experience both in primary care hospitals as well as specialty ER and also hospitals that combine all of those? What are some of the main differences of managing each type of hospital? Equipment needs are probably the most obvious, being able to understand and support what's appropriate to have in a hospital. Recognizing that a general practice doctor has to be able to treat everything. They have to know dermatology. They have to know surgery. They have to know some internal medicine. But also then to appreciate the training that a specialist undergoes and the pressure that they're under to help a pet that general practice no longer feels they they can take further. Cases and appointments tend to take much longer to complete in specialty. Another big difference is clients don't know the specialist or the ER doctor most of the time, Mm. and they have to quickly develop trust in their recommendations. Whether you're a specialty or ER, you actually have two clients to always worry about. You have the primary care DVM and the client that owns the pet. And and sometimes they, they could be at odds, especially like if a client wants to transfer to a hybrid hospital mm-hmm. uh, and, and we have to make sure we protect that referral relationship. So that can get difficult. So you have to work well and communicate with both clients. I would also say there there's staffing differences, which can vary by specialty. And then ER has its own challenges between the, the pace, the unknown, you don't know what caseloads come in, in, staffing a 24-hour hospital, all hours of the day and holidays, mm-hmm. the emotional roller coaster, the fact that clients had no idea they're going to spend the night in the ER and plan on being there, that that's hard. And, and so ER has a lot to deal with. 
Yeah, I I absolutely agree with that. So VCA is known for providing world-class medicine and, and hometown care. And part of the hometown care aspect is that we have a shared legacy with all of our hospitals that we've acquired. So how does that shared legacy affect business operations? That goes back a lot to the even things about multi-site management. Um, it it involves the ability to appreciate the way things are done in each hospital while still bringing that hospital the experiences of what worked in, in a different hospital. So regional operations director need to understand how hospitals do interact with their community. Maybe they service the police dogs or sponsor a parade or a community event. And we have to make sure that we preserve that and continue to support it. Even the decor in a hospital can be important. Walking into a hospital in northern Wisconsin is probably should look a lot different than a hospital in downtown Chicago. So it always reflects that, that unique personality. So what's the balance of people skills and financial skills that's needed for success in in business operations? Both are very important. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of the people I work with tend to be stronger in one area than the other. And developing skills in the area you aren't as strong in really is going to make a difference. And it can be done as long as you recognize that, that maybe it's not your strong point. This role is all about relationships, and you can't have them without people's skills. Our associates are our biggest asset, and they always need to be treated as as they are. However, it's still our job to keep hospitals financially healthy. It's our responsibility to have a thriving facility so we can take care of our associates by providing them some job security and good wages a safe environment, and be able to purchase the equipment that they need to, to in turn, help the pets. You mentioned the emotional roller coaster on ER, and I'm looking back to kind of the COVID period where all of our hospitals were so busy and under so much emotional stress. What were some of the ways that we worked to help our hospitals along during those times? Well, the teams changed so quickly and, and so fast. I can't believe our ER staff rushing out to to the cars in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. helping the patients. We did a lot of teams uh, so that you worked with the same people, especially when we knew very little about COVID. It was right. kind of people changed their schedule last minutes to make sure that exposure was minimized. So the hospitals really had to set up a pretty good structure of running out to the patients and working with the critical pets, trying to talk to the clients that they've, again, never met before. Mm -hmm. The client didn't expect to be there. And having those conversations where they didn't even get to meet face-to-face was really amazing. So they, they changed very quickly. And I would say very successfully with video on their phone to, to, for a client to see their face and, just how they handled the whole triage uh, situation had a change. And I know that in addition to during those times and how really overwhelmed all veterinary hospitals were during that time, what were some of the ways that we were able to support our associates to be able to take care of themselves during that time? 
one of our hospitals, we're lucky enough to have a social worker. Mm -hmm. And and that makes a big difference. I think it's something wonderful that VSA was able to offer and is continuing to offer at some of our our larger specialty hospitals. Mm -hmm. I remember, and of course, you were involved at that time because you were the regional operations director during a a good chunk of COVID Mm -hmm. and getting on the phone. And we had a talk to the to the doctor sometimes about taking care of themselves and about sometimes saying no to the very stable pets that that could wait, that could go back to the general practice. Our doctors were so ingrained with just always helping the pet that they felt horrible when the demand was so great they couldn't. I remember times that we had six, seven, eight hour waits. And it was really a lot about communication, our technicians checking on the pets, understanding which ones could wait, which ones needed help immediately. It wasn't a first come first serve situation. It was really putting the pets that needed the most care to the the front of the line and just working through one at a time. The staff supported each other, sometimes tried to do some fun things, although it was pretty hard to take time to do fun things during during COVID, especially on ER. Yeah. No, I, I had a conversation earlier this year with uh, one of our emergency critical care specialists in BCA who we, we were talking about that time and they acknowledged that they didn't realize that there was a limit to what they could see but they had reached that limit and and realized it just really wasn't sustainable to be able to do that. So those were really interesting times to go through and I'll I'll look forward to not having another another period of time like that. I agree and I I like that comment you're right. They didn't know there was a limit. They just always handled whatever caseload was there and they didn't know what to do when they couldn't because nobody wants to turn away a patient. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lori, with the length of time that you've been with VCA, I, I was hoping you could share a few accomplishments that you're most proud of. Taking a general practice facility and merging an emergency hospital into it and turning it into specialty was uh, a wonderful accomplishment. Mm-hmm. That hospital is now the, the largest specialty hospital we have in the heartland. Uh, so I was a big part of that. And it, it was also a lot of fun. I've had some people tell me that I've made a difference in their lives and helped them grow and be challenged. That probably makes me the the most proud of anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the role that I'm in now, I've tried really hard to improve communication and visibility of the position that I have in the hospitals. And I I think it helps make all of our associates feel a little more comfortable with with the leadership structure and what they view as as VCA, Mm -hmm. uh, being being a person that used to be a receptionist um, and being able to relate to them. I know that there's also some difficult parts. And as your experience grew over time, do you have any examples of lesson learned that you could share? Probably more than I want to admit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, when we talked about attributes and you talked about the financial versus people side, when I very first started in the position, I I leaned too much on the financial side Mm -hmm. and didn't have quite the appreciation or understanding of of the people's skills needed. Uh, so learning that lesson, learning that with, without, if you, if you take care of the people and do the right thing by them, the, the finances usually come. 
But if your background is more, especially a lot of hospital managers get promoted into this position, one of their primary jobs is watching the finances of the hospital. So that's what's sort of ingrained in you for a while. So it's a little hard to make that that transition. Mm -hmm. I also learned a lot uh, working with so many different type of people, just how important personality differences are. Mm. At the beginning, I probably didn't change my approach as often as I should. I learned over time that it it is me. It is part of my job to change my approach uh, so I can relate better to that person so we can kind of uh, accomplish our goals. You are a pet owner yourself and you absolutely love your dogs. I will say specifically golden retrievers. Yes. How does being a pet owner influence your approach to what you do every day? I do love my dogs. <laughs> um, and I love mutts too, mutts as much as golden retrievers. But yes, uh, I think it helped a lot during COVID too, because I was actually petrified when we couldn't always see the pets. The first thought that came to mind is what if my pet needed care? What would I do? And what would my expectations be? Mm -hmm. So trying trying to put myself in, in that position helps. Um, sometimes I'm probably too much of a client as, as far as the hospitals are concerned, but loving pets is just a good reminder because it, it's easy to lose focus of, of our purpose, especially after living through COVID and getting back to the reason we're all here. So if somebody asks for something, client service or equipment, I try to think, what if my own pet needed it? Would I not want a hospital to have that? Would I not want a hospital where people are really well-trained and, and happy in their position. So I'm a pretty demanding client, as the hospitals I go to will probably tell you. So if it's good enough for my pet, then I know that they're doing the right thing. So I, I think it's helped to really push the medicine, push the equipment, push a trained staff more than it would have if I, if I didn't have my own pets. Well, we're approaching the end of our time together. As always, it has been a pleasure to talk with you. And, and I know that our listeners are going to get a lot out of your remarks. I was hoping that you could give some advice for anyone that's looking to become a regional operations director or get involved in multi-site management. I would tell somebody, first of all, to, to volunteer to take on additional responsibility or head a project. Uh, sometimes it's hard to find people who want to do that, but you will always learn new skills that, that will help carry over and take some responsibility. I would say that people should learn as much about every role in the hospital as they can and, and learn how to collaborate with each role, learn the importance of each role, no matter what it is. If you don't have a lot of financial experience, I think it would benefit someone to take a course in business finance or accounting. And then, of course, especially when we have hospitals in close proximity to one another, see if you could spend some time working at another facility figure out that, wow, the hospitals really do operate differently, which which to me was a shock. The very first time yeah. I went to a different hospital, it's like, what do you mean you don't do it this way? That's the way my hospital always did it. And that, that was something I also had to learn was just because they did it differently didn't mean it was wrong. It, it was just different. 
So getting that experience of what it's like to be in different hospitals and, and seeing how they operate would really help somebody move into the, that type of position. Uh, that's a great point. Certainly as veterinarians and technicians, we are taught from a very early time that medicine can be practiced differently. And there's lots of different approaches that can successfully correct a problem. And I had not actually really applied that to hospital management and multi-site management, that there's a number of different approaches that will lead to successful outcomes. So that's a great point. Yes, for sure. Well, Lori, thank you so much for joining. Really appreciate your time. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing. Don't forget to leave a review to let us know your thoughts and share the episode with friends. Follow VCA Animal Hospitals on social media at LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For more inspiring stories, visit our website at vcavoice.com. 